Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to TC Live, our half-hour pregame show to get you ready for all the action in the summer down under. We are leading you up to the United Cup semifinals between Poland and France from Sydney. Here's what else is on the way. Rafa Nadal's comeback hits a road bump after a marathon match in Brisbane. Could his return to the Aussie Open be in jeopardy? We will hear from the man himself. Plus, the United Cup semis are set after a star-studded showdown between Germany and Greece. All the highlights from Sydney coming up. And top seed Coco Golf continues to bring her A game to Auckland. Setting up an All-American showdown for a spot in the final. We will break it down for you. Keep it locked on Tennis Channel, TC Plus, and T2 for at least the next 14 hours. A Friday feast of matches. We got world number one Iga Spiontek playing Caroline Garcia. Arena Sabalenka facing Victoria Azarenka. Holgaruna, Elena Rabakina, and much, much more. As we get started here on this Friday, come on in. Our studios here in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back with Prakash Amitraj and Coco Vandeweghe. Sad, sad. It is Coco's last TC Live of what? the week. Coco, <laughs> what? We got two more. You got to close out like a champion. I'm See so- us through the finals. I'm sorry. I, I trust you guys. I mean, I, we started the new year, and I, I was full on in Prakash. We trust and I'm going to keep going no, in that route no, and no. keep fighting for you, Prakash, but just from the other side of the globe. We're going to miss you, Coco. WWPD, uh, what would Prakash do? <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I don't know if we have enough bail money for, for, <laughs> to get us all out of that trouble. But I cannot wait for the next time uh, three of us get to do this thing again. Yes. It's been such a blast all week. Let's finish strong. Let's finish Let's strong. Finish strong. Let's do it. All right, we, we start with Rafa's return continuing. In Brisbane, taking on the Aussie Jordan Thompson for Kosh. Definitely the most strenuous match of Rafa's comeback thus far. Certainly was. Got off to a great start. And one of the pillars of his comeback right now, I love seeing him flatten through on that backhand side when he's getting a few more winners there, not going too loopy with that side. It's helping the forehand so much. Check this out now. Match point. Rafa gets this lob over Thompson's head and duffs that one. We saw him make a much tougher one earlier in the week. You can see him knowing that chance was let go. But check this out. Massive forehand return. Another match point sitter. Middle of the court on the forehand side. And he sprays it wide. Two match points saved. Carlos Moya, his whole team can't believe it. Now another match point here and a big forehand up the line from Thompson. He's able to get that one saved with some aggression. Gets a set point himself. Pretty spectacular breaker all the way through. High quality tennis here, but it was Thompson who just came up pretty clutch with a very tough overhead. Sends this thing into three, uses that energy, but you can listen in there. Rafa just worrying about that left hip of his, took an injury timeout. Great news, though. He was able to continue, finish the match. Points did seem nice and long, still sort of testing each other. Wasn't, uh, didn't look too hurt out there, but it wasn't enough at the end of the day. First time Rafa has lost from up match point since 2019 against Nick Kyrgios. Big win for Thompson. Let's hear from Nadal discussing his injury after. It's a very similar place to 
to what happened last year, but different different stuff. No, I feel more muscle. Uh, last year was tendon. I feel the muscle tired and this. Uh, I mean, for sure, it's not the same like <laughs> last year at all because uh, when it happened last year. I felt something uh, drastic uh, immediately. No, not today I didn't feel anything. The only problem is because the the place is the same. You are a little bit more scared than than usual. In ideal world, it's just the muscle supercharged uh, after a, a few days of effort and a very tough match. Well, good news. He says it's a different type of injury, but Rafa did add he's not 100% sure that he will be able to play the Australian Open. What's your reaction to that? I mean, there's no doubt that it's a little bit scary to see Rafa hurting this early in the season, especially after his long layoff and comeback. But so many times when you have an injury, you compensate with other muscles. You saw it with KD in the Warriors yep. where he was compensating for his calf and he popped his Achilles. It's so common to have athletes come back out after a long layoff and push themselves to the expectations that they're used to and end up aggravating some other part of their body. So I'm not surprised, but it is worrying and, and disheartening for sure. Look, the good news is, uh, playing off exactly what you said, Coco, Rafa didn't seem too worried with it out there. He said, you know what, this is kind of expected. There were two, three matches, which this kind of effort, which I haven't done in an entire year, that is going to cause a little bit of strain. Look, he could have made that forehand in the second set. He could have been off the court. Everything could have been fine. We could have been looking at the next round. But because he was pushed into that third set, after the second, all of a sudden, that tension starts creeping in. And as you said, Coco, you can have the injury here, but then all of a sudden, these parts start to go around it. So he's just not used to this kind of physical pressure, and um, hopefully he can do a little bit of rehab, and uh, it, it doesn't sound like it's anything too serious. What is a supercharged muscle? <laughs> a supercharged muscle, I think translating what Rafa meant was, you know, he, you got so much work on that muscle in two and a half matches that you can't even duplicate mm. in six months of training. You can train four or five hours a day, and it's just not the same as pressure minutes in the court. So I think that's the, the technical breakdown of a supercharged muscle. That's, that's a supercharged I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I can see Prakash getting supercharged just putting a flex on it. You'll see the flex during TC Live. Yes. As he said, that's a, that's a supercharged muscle. Whereas in the green room, we're talking, it's, it's, not, it's not supercharged. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, two wins, match point <laughs> in the third match. Uh, he'll have a week to heal up before Melbourne. Over in Auckland, Coco Golf continuing to do big things in the new year. She needed just 53 minutes in her quarterfinal against Vavara Grecheva. Oh, it, this was a world-class match by Coco Goff. She was coming out, showing that she is in a different class than her opponent with athleticism, speed, and fearlessness with her forehand. This is the first match I've actually seen her consistent, consistently from start to finish with the forehand being aggressive, staying on that baseline, being the first strike type of tennis. And, I mean, goodness, she served so well, and she talked about it after the match that she was, you know, serving her highest quality. She served 73%, five aces, and I've never heard her after a match say how much she loved her service games and how her serve was clicking. And that's a great start to for her mentality moving forward to play a really hard match against Navarro coming up. Also returned well, converted five of seven break points. Goff has lost just 11 games on her way to the semifinals. I was just focused on playing, thanks, <laughs> focused on playing my game. Uh, I thought that I served the, really well, probably the best so far this tournament, um, which is something I was really working on in the offseason. So, yeah, I'm really happy with how I played. 
uh, holding umbrellas over Coco Golf during interviews. Uh, <laughs> we are used to that, Coco. Uh, Golf will play the winner of this match in the semis. Former NCAA champ Emma Navarro and Petra Martic meeting for the first time. Emma's looked fantastic all year. A another very strong performance against the number seven seed Martic here. Got 81% first serves in. I love when Emma is focusing on getting a ton of first serves in. Allows her to create more opportunities to be offensive and, and sort of take the lead in all of her service games. A lot of breaks back and forth, but a lot of credit to Navarro for just kind of hanging in there and creating 11 breakpoint opportunities. She converted on six of them, but the hallmark of her game, just a really good all-round player. She's able to hug the baseline well. You see good movement there, sliding in off that front foot. And, and again, on the serve, almost 70% one. On that first serve, 27% though on the second. Only area she's really got to pick it up. Navarro can crack the top 30 for the first time in her career with a win tonight. As we take a look at the draw in Auckland, it is down to the final four, all-American semi, Coco Goff, Emma Navarro, and then Alina Spitalina, the two-seed coming through to the semifinals as well against Wong. Let's talk about it. How do you see this one playing out, Coco? Meeting for the first time, Coco Goff, Emma Navarro. No, I definitely think that it's going to be a bangbuster match. There's no better pride than having the victories over your fellow American players within the tours. I always had pride when I would play any American girl to show that I'm the best American on court, and here's why. I have the wins against you, I have the victories, and I am the better player. And I always felt that it's unmatched when you're playing a, a compatriot. It's, it's so fun, it's so exciting, and you know these girls so well. Mostly my practice partners were Americans, and I'm sure Emma's are the same way, because I've practiced with Emma quite a few times. But it's, it's going to be a bangbuster match and hopefully a higher class opponent for Coco so we can see more out of Coco leading into the Australian Open. Well, that's my match of the day. I, I can't wait to watch that one. Yeah. Um, uh, let's look at it from Emma's perspective. I mean, I think for her, when you're coming up the ranks like this, she's shooting up like a rocket. Every single time she wins a match, she's getting to a spot which she's never been in her career. Uh, Steve, as you talked about the last couple of days, now she's going to be seated at a Grand Slam. Everything is new for her at this point. So technically, there's no real pressure. This is the moment. These are the perfect moments where you want to be able to play the best in the world. You want to be able to play a compatriot where all the pressure is on them. So I think she can just kind of get out there, yeah. swing freely. She seems to not be intimidated at all by, by the moment, the big stage, playing against bigger players. So if anything, it's just a great test. Yeah, Coco Goff is the top-ranked American woman in the world right now. Yeah. Three in the world. She is looking to defend her title for Emma Navarro. If she wins, this would be her first final on the WTA. Big-time matchup. In Brisbane, former champ Victoria Azarenka taking on Yelena Ostapenko. Something about Australia that always brings out the best from the former world number one, Prakash. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, the 2-0 record that Azarenka is bringing into this and that defense that perhaps is one of the key factors as, as to her being undefeated against Ostapenko so far. We saw it a little bit there in that first set. Second set, though, it was the offense of Ostapenko crushing that backhand down the line. Third set, crucial point here. Very tough get from Azarenka. Put some funky English on it. Ostapenko complaining. Was a double bounce? I saw it clean, Weissman. I think she, she picked it up. Yeah, she picked it up. She picked it up there. Goes down to the wire here, though. Needed another break from Azarenka to be able to get the job done. But again, that defense, getting so many balls in play. And uh, tell you what, Ostapenko might want to put that one in the back pocket, not bring that smash out again. Uh, she, she needs to apologize to the chair umpire, who she absolutely went off on. 16 aces for Vika. Said with Yelena, sometimes you just have to put on a helmet and try to stay in there. <laughs> she certainly did. Comes through in three sets. She'll play the winner of this one. Arena Sabalenka and Daria Kazatina, Coco. Oh, well, we definitely knew what Sabalenka was going to bring out there. She's going to 
rifle the ball. She's going to be taking the balls off the front foot and leading with that serve. But what she did so well in this match was hitting behind her opponent just like this, getting her a little bit wrong-footed and stuttering her step and her footwork. Whenever you're dealing against a faster opponent, hitting behind them is such a good play. But Arena was just absolutely ruthless out there, especially when Kasakina was serving. Kasakina only won 14% of her second serves. That is a performance that you want as a big hitter and a big returner. 32 winners for Sabalenka in front of a crowd that included Jude Law. She loved to see that. Has now won 14 in a row in Australia. On the other side, Elena Rabakina gets the win as Potapova had to retire from her quarterfinal match. And the teenager, Linda Noskova, taking out the other teenager, Mira Andrieva. So looking forward to these semifinals in Brisbane. Still to come. We've got Francis Tiafo running into a young foe who's having the tournament of his life. Highlights from Hong Kong on the way. Watching TC Live on a Friday. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Coco Prakashti back on TC Live. A little BTS in Sydney. Poland, France getting ready. Bottom of the hour. That's Adrian Manorino. He's actually playing the match coming up on the left. Have you ever been that relaxed in your life? <laughs> I, I certainly have not. Well, I will take that back. In the green room before we come on stage with you two, you guys make me so relaxed. You know, Coco, the only thing we're missing, though, is the, it was that, was that a Coca-Cola and some rice? Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm just not a soda girl. I'll take the coffee <laughs> instead. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take a coffee and some rice. I expect it the next time I come b back to the green room. You guys better have that ready for me. Done. That's Done. what the Kick. French mean by laissez-faire. Kid has no worries. <laughs> The United Cup quarterfinals from yesterday in Sydney, Greece, Germany. First up, Maria Sakri taking on Angie Kerber. Sakri undefeated thus far, looking for her second career win against Kerber. I mean, Kerber just looked so vulnerable in this first set from every aspect, from her serve to her ground strokes. They weren't penetrating at all through the court. And finally, in this second set, she got herself going. She started getting the crowd involved, getting her teammates involved, and just trying to pump her up. It was really a back-and-forth second set, but it was Sakari that just came away too strong. A little bit of tightness at the end. That, that creeps into Sakari's game, but just way too strong for Angie Kerber. She needs to step up her game before the Australian Open. All right, so Greece takes a 1-0 lead. It was the blockbuster to follow. 14th meeting between Alexander Zverev and Stefano Tsitsipas. Perkash both made the HP finals last year, and Coco's pick to win the Australian Open came up clutch. Well, I tell you what, he must have watched TC Live yesterday because, <laughs> because the kid played some great tennis out there today. For as big as he's serving, he got 80% first serves in, 176% on the first, 73 on the second, but it was his returning that I thought was exceptional. 75% won on the second serve, and that's a, that's a very high number when you're playing against Stefano Sitsipas, who's got such a fantastic all-round game, especially on that serve. We did see a few more unforced errors than we're used to from Steph, not, not as sharp as he was this time last year, but uh, all credit to Mrs. Zverev. 
fired up like a lion after this. Stays perfect in the new year, evens up the tie at one apiece. So once again, comes down to that mixed dubs. Zverev teaming up with Laura Sigmund against Tsitsipas Kamapetros and Sakari. Remember, Sigmund won the WTA Finals and Doubles last year, Coco. Germany's stepping up. No, I think this is such a great play to take out Angie from the mixed doubles and put Laura in there. Laura won the year-end championships with her partner, Vera Zvonareva, at the end of the year last year. And it was she is so comfortable out there. You can just see how well she moves, how she's able to just keep herself in position around the court and knows when to flip it over her opponent's head. And really, Sakari was such a weak link in this match, just really uncomfortable up and around the net, didn't know where to hit the ball, especially when the German team went into I formation a lot. That shows an inexperienced doubles player right there. So Germany takes the last spot in the United Cup semifinals. They are moving on. As we take a look, it is Poland in action against France. And then, of course, the Germans will take on Australia. So they got to flip those around a little bit. Poland and France is coming up bottom of the hour here on Tennis Channel. Still to come, Grigor Dimitrov just winning at life, both in the draw and in his draws. Uh, we'll undress it all next. Welcome back. Tonight is the 2024 premiere episode of Second Serve on T2, also available on the TC app. Tommy Paul, Caroline Dullahide, Brian Shelton, and others joining as guests tonight with Tracy Austin, Jeff Chisiver, and Nick Monroe. You don't want to miss it. 9.30 p.m. Eastern, T2. Let's go to Hong Kong. Francis Tiafo playing 18-year-old Jerry Shang. Uh, Shang had to save match points in his first two wins, going for the biggest victory of his career, Prakash. Well, I, I think Jerry did some serious work in the offseason because he is absolutely pummeling the ball. Still not, uh, st still kind of a slight frame, but he's bringing a ton of pace on it, serving here for this first set, showing some good movement there. Defense, check out this right hand on that backhand, flicks it. Cross-court angle, winner, foe, not looking as dynamic as he usually does at the net. 6-4 first set, second set now, in a neutral rally. Foe trying to take that big forehand up the line, but it's Shane looking like a 2023 Ben Shelton with that forehand up the line. Finds himself another break and makes no mistake closing it out here from all the way behind the baseline. Finds the open court, goes behind Foe to close things out. Who, who, who me? Me? That's right. That's right. So today was a mindset change for me. Sometimes you have to respect the opponent a little bit less when you're trying to get your chances. Meantime, the top seed Andre Rublev playing another young star in Arthur Feast. Nine career major quarterfinals for Rublev, two in Melbourne, Coco. Will this be the year he takes that next step? Uh, very well could be. I mean, he's been knocking at the door getting that next-gen win out there at the end of the year. Those wins are so important when you're taking big steps and big inroads after your freshman year on tour. So... It's fantastic to see Rublev coming out strong, rifling those forehands like he usually does. But Fee's just obviously just so rock solid from the back of the court, so strong, unable to get that ball, Andre was. But it was in the third set where he just fell a little bit too short. Andre went back to his blistering forehand ways, and I love him coming in the net. A little touch. I love it. And play some good doubles as well. Him and Corinne Hatchinoff have done well together. 
And Andre Rublev comes out with the victory, makes an ATP semifinal for the eighth straight season. Maybe this will be the year he gets to a semifinal or further at a major. It's Jerry Shang and Andre Rublev at the top, Sebastian Offner and Emil Rusevori at the bottom. Gotta love this draw. Over to Brisbane we go. Holger Runa, he needed three sets to win his first couple matches. A little bit more straightforward against James Duckworth, Prakash. Well, if you take a look at the stats, the things that will stand out are how well he served. 13 aces, 86% won on the first serve and not broken all the way through, but right there. That's what I like to see. I like to see Holger's attitude, nice and positive all the way through. He, he's got a little nastiness to him, and, and when he keeps that and you see him emoting like that, I think that's when he's playing his best tennis. First set, cruise through 6-2. Second set, got a little dicey. Duckworth does a great job getting a lot of balls back in play. He's athletic. He can find his way into the net. But love to see Holger as the one getting into the net just a little bit more. And even when forced into defense, he's able to come up with some whipping passing shots just like that. Earns himself. And on his third match point, massive serve out wide. Closes proceedings. 33 winners, 13 aces, 14th ATP semifinal. Kids just 20 years old start of big things as we take a look at the draw in Brisbane. How often do you think of the Roman Empire? Safulin taking on Runa in the semis and then it's Jordan Thompson and Grigor Dimitrov, the only former champ remaining in the draw there at the bottom, the two seed. Time now to enter the social net. Speaking of Grigor Dimitrov, he is joining the likes of Carlos Alcaraz and Francis Tiafoe as the face and body of an underwear line. It is Lacoste. <laughs> You guys are sending me off right. And I mean, a little Dimitrov. <laughs> Coco, Come what do you on. think, Coco? I mean, this would possibly be a poster in my room back in the day, but, you know, not yet. Not right now. <laughs> I need to see a little bit more. I need to see a little bit more. Some range, you know. I, the blue steel is out, but I, I, I need I need to see a little more range. You know, there, there were some comments talking about, oh, no, that can't be real. It's Photoshop. But this brother keeps it tight. <laughs> you know he keeps it tight. That's all G all day. Works out hard, off-season, on-season. And you know what? You're having a great year. Your ranking's moving up. Why not get out there in your drawers, make a little extra money? He's aging like a fine wine out there. I mean, he's my he's, age. We have a cool photo. He's still young, Coco. He looks good. Oh, he's still young. What's he, he, he's not 30. He's 30? 31? Thank you, Prakash, yes. Is yeah, there you go. <laughs> that, that is some next level You should, you should have right said there. 21. I would have felt better. Well, you look younger, so I was talking about G. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tennis players. They, how, how many have we, we, we got? The underwear model. Alcaraz. Dimitrov, Foe, who else? Nadal. Nadal. I will say, though, Foe and Alcaraz went a little heavy with the baby oil. I see G oh. keep, keeping oh. it a little, a little less on the baby oil. A little more natural look. Prakash, you're talking like you know. Well, listen, if I, I'm doing a show. I'm going heavy on the baby oil. You know, I actually might do a little cocoa butter. Ooh. You know, compliment the little caramel the that we got going on. But that's a different story. We're not, we're not here, bro. This is a good conversation that we're having here. I hate to cut it off, but we do, dark. <laughs> we do have to go on. It's the full list of Australian Open wild cards have been shift. released. Uh, take a, Jerry Shang, by the way, one of the guys getting a wild card. We saw him beat Francis Tiafo. Then we got those two reciprocals for the U.S., a couple of former college tennis stars. Yep. Texas A&M's Patrick Kipson, Florida's McCartney Kessler, uh, Daria Saville getting in as well, Coco. I think the Australian Open does such a great job of awarding players a wild card, always giving anyone and everyone an opportunity to win a wild card. And I know through the U.S. Open's U.S. trade-off, mm -hmm. it is always about winning the tournaments at the end of the year. It's a point accumulation, so it's great to see the young Americans win their wild cards instead of just having it handed to them.
And look, it's, it's, it's Asia Slam as well, so I love to see Chinese player in there, Japanese player in there, and uh, one of my favorite things about Down Under. All right, final wild cards. They, they got their spots. By the way, Riley Opelka is not playing the Australian Open, still recovering from his injury. That means Dominic team directly into the main draw. Here is what's coming up today. We've got a full slate of tennis to take you throughout the night. The United Cup in Sydney, Iga Sviantec in action. We are back a little bit later tomorrow for TC Live, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, leading you up to a fortnight of finals, we'll call it. Auckland, Brisbane, Brisbane, United Cup, Hong Kong. It's a big day on Tennis Channel and T2. More of the show coming up after this. I'm Atraj Vandaway Weissman, back with you on TC Live. We are counting down to the year's first major. Got you covered every single day, 5 o'clock Eastern. TC Live, your only two-hour pregame show. A trio of Hall of Famers, Martina Navratilova, Lindsey Davenport, Jim Courier. I'll be hosting the show with John Wertheim. Lots of guests, highlights, predictions. Going to be a good time. Join us starting Saturday, January 13th. 15 days of fun. Time now for our hot shot of the day. Haven't seen it yet. What's odd, oh, little Nadal Thompson? What do we have here? Finds his way into the net. Uh, this is a massive moment in the breaker here. I love seeing Nadal at the net. Good get there from Thompson. That's the one that Rafa could have made on match point. Made it here, but it was Thompson with the. With, we just talking about Pat Rafter, right? Pat Rafter would have been proud of this one. Both players finding their way at the net. Nadal, a little flick lob, but check this out. Full stretch, firm wrist, and a big come on from the bearded Austin. Tracy Austin giving give a nice little text message saying Pat Rafter back in the day, underwear model as well. So uh, adding to the list of tennis player <laughs> Proud of that one. We got to dig up that photo. We will. That's, that's might, might be back in your, your childhood room. <laughs> to be replaced by Grigor Dimitrov. <laughs> We've got Emma Navarro taking on Coco Golf, not Petra Martic. And uh, that is going to be a big one that we are looking forward to today. These are yesterday's matches, so uh, pay no attention to that. But tonight, we've got some good ones, including Iga Sviantec yep. and Caroline Garcia. Fifth matchup between those two, 3-1 head-to-head for Iga. But Caro says, playing the best player in the world, it is always a good test. Who's going to win that test? Oh, especially early on in this season. I think Iga's going to come out winning this test. I think Iga has started way too strong. Carol has had a little bit of misstep. She's gone a couple three-setters against lower-ranked players that you would like to start seeing her just thump and have solid wins against instead of going back and forth, back and forth, long, drawn-out three-setters. And I just don't think Caro is strong enough and can redline long enough to beat Iga. Having said that, uh, I will I will go with the counterpoint that she is at least capable of playing the kind of tennis that can get to an Iga. Iga in the past has had trouble with, with the Rybakinas. She's had trouble with the Sabalenkas. Even Zhang, when she's playing her best tennis, she's able to just kind of take it to Iga, even for a short period of time, and trouble her. Caro does have that kind of power, as you said, whether she can keep it up, two out of three sets, tough, especially with Iga playing so well at the moment. But um, you know what? She does have that belief. Yeah. I'd like to see her just stick to her guns. Don't get into those long rallies where Iga, you know she's going to push you around. Stick to your guns, step inside the baseline, take those second serves, come in, throw in a little serve and volley, make sure you're attacking and getting to the net. If you go down, go down your style. Right, and we'll see how much it matters as well because the first match of the day, Hubert Hercoc taking on Adrian Manorino when it's Poland and France. It's 2-2, head-to-head between these guys. Well, what's going to make the difference? I, I sigh because I just, I just feel Hubie is just a stronger player. 
but countless times last year, including those three events that Manorino won last year, he has surprised me time and time again. Looks like that little scar on his forehead is healed <laughs> earlier this week, and he's not going to be his own worst enemy out there. But look, he, he's just he's a tough competitor. I, I think QB is just a level above at the moment. So in spite of that 2-2 record, I think QB is going to come through. I couldn't agree more. I think Kubi's just too solid off the serve. He returns way too well, and he's comfortable enough for a big guy along the baseline to hang with Manorino, but I just think his power, his firepower is just going to be way too strong for Manorino. We shall see. It was Manorino that won in Miami last year, and Manorino that beat him in straight sets in Australia two years ago. You see, you see the look wow, he gave us? Wow, he was waiting for that. He was waiting for that. He's going against the norm. He wants to get out. He wants to he, The man, the myth, the Manorino. You know, it writes itself. Coco, you've been, you've been a rock star. Great to have you with us on TC Live. First Thank nine you. days of the year. So uh, safe travels down to Melbourne. Thank you. Thank you. Hope to be back and see you guys soon. Definitely. On Channel 9 in Australia. Channel 9. away <laughs> for Melbourne. All right. Action's coming up right after this. It'll be Coco and Chanda Rubin.